If you're on social media, you've probably come across this over the last week or 10 days, but there's a fellow named Craig Baird has been posting these uh, beautiful uh, graphic images of Canadian politicians imagined as other kinds of characters. The one today is actually Rob Ford, kind of designed to look like he's a New York ward boss in the 1920s or 30s. Uh, but the funnest series has been all of Canada's prime ministers imagined as members of hair bands in the 19, I guess, 70s and 80s. And it's, uh, it's pretty fun stuff. It's nice to, instead of all the bitter sniping on social media, it's nice to see somebody just having a good time and people sharing images that make them laugh. Uh, Tim Hudak joins us, former leader of the Ontario Conservatives, now with the Ontario Real Estate Association. Tim, I suppose it's only a matter of time before they try to imagine you as a member of a hair band, although maybe we should do the British second wave invasion of the 1980s. That might be better. Do a little flock of seagulls uh, look. I'd, I'd be flattered. I, um, I, I lived in Seattle for uh, a couple of years in the early 1990s, right when when the grunge era was uh, was hitting its uh, its boom time. One of the regrets I have in my life, John, was not seeing uh, sort of Nirvana in their early days or Soundgarden. That would have been a thrill. So maybe I'll just get a little bit of that thrill if somebody could dress me up like I looked at one of the grunge rockers in the early 90s. Okay, so Doug Ford yesterday somewhat uh, passionately. You know, Nick, we can throw in the clip and listen to this again. This is uh, Doug Ford calling out the feds and by name Justin Trudeau for failing to take action on uh, bail. The federal government has continued to resist common sense changes to keep people safe. You have the whole country screaming, we need to make changes, and they're dilly-dallying along. Like there's no urgency. There's no urgency because none of their families have ever been affected. They haven't seen the safety. They're protected behind the, the big golden gates of parliament. Okay, so I, I think we've discussed this before, you and I. Um, there has to be some sort of action. There are people who are at liberty who should not be at liberty. No doubt about it. Uh, when you know, you hear the term stranger attacks that, that seem to be happening on an almost weekly basis uh, in the city of Toronto and other major North American cities, and that was not even in our lexicon. Uh, a year or so ago, I'd, I'd say, John, there is no doubt that the bail system in, in Canada is too easy to, to, to get, is get out of jail free cards. And I think when people hear Premier's vo Premier Ford's voice right there, it, it is totally a head nodder. The, the notion that your 16-year-old, uh, just minding their own business, not late at night, heading home from visiting Buddy's house, could be, be killed by a violent stranger who should not be out in jail is, is appalling. I think this is going to be an extraordinary demand to fix the system. There, you simply, just like you don't have a right to sleep and to, to, to live in a park, I don't believe that violent offenders who have committed these serious crimes over and over again have a right to naturally be on the streets. The reverse owner should be, they should be locked up before it let loose. I think we come to a point, John, where we need to say, should there be some kind of forced treatment before you're back on the street? And it's not just Premier Ford doing this. There are all of the other premiers of all 13 provinces and territories who have signed a letter demanding this. I, I can tell you my experience in provincial politics, that is extremely rare when you have all of the premiers lined up on an issue uh, outside of getting more money for health care. And, and I think this federal justice minister is stumbling around and not acting on what is, I think, one of the most compelling issues front and center for Canadians across this country. What do you make of the fact that the Toronto Police Headquarters has a licensed lounge where people can drink and apparently one senior officer over refreshed himself and then got behind the wheel of his car? 
Well, well, the... (laughs) I'll be glad to talk to the license lounge in a moment, but I think the more appalling aspect of this, this is a senior officer who allegedly was drinking for a number of hours and got in this accident, and he got just a 12-month demotion. I think, especially in the kind of lead by example like that, I think that shows, number one, John, the weaknesses in the police act that is too often a slap on the wrist when it should be particularly strong on our officers. It reminds me of those stories, you know, the officers that are charged with very serious crime that they're still on the payroll. Not quite that level, but it shows a police act desperately needs reform to regain some trust there. Secondly, you know, I mean, I've lived through this a little bit, bit myself. I remember uh, early on when I was elected, this is in the mid, mid-late mid 1990s at Queen's Park, we had one of our MPPs showing there were too many elected, I think, that, that year. Well, instead of hiring an executive assistant or legislative assistant, basically hired a bartender. And everybody, John, would gather <laughs> whatever time of day to hang out in his office and, and have a few drinks. It ended up being nothing but trouble. As somebody in their you know late 20s, I found this very amusing and, and very retro and old school. But, man, it's not really keeping in, in touch with the times, particularly for police. They should do the right thing. Close it down. By the way, friends of mine in the police say there's also another one for the rank and file officers not too far away. It's actually not one but, but two. Okay. A couple of real estate relevant stories today. Uh, One of them would be that uh, real estate vacancies, commercial real estate vacancies are pushing toward 20%. Are we, you know, approaching a crisis here? I, th- I think we're in flux. I, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't say crisis. I think it uh, is a uh, is a flux. It is actually, you know, uh, remarkable how we have seen pre-pandemic. Toronto had one of the lowest vacancies, if not the lowest, uh, in North America, about four point two percent in its downtown core for commercial properties. Now it's up around eighteen uh, percent. Vancouver saw a similar, more than tripling. Uh, Montreal uh, in a similar way. Now, now, number one, I think I see some opportunity here. I, I definitely see an opportunity to convert some of that underutilized commercial space into residential or combined residential commercial. People may not want to commute as much from the suburbs into downtown to work, but a lot of people sure want to live there. And I see a, a, a Calgary is doing this. We should be doing this in, in the province of Ontario as well. Secondly, I still think this is baking in. I think there is a slow transition. I'm actually studying similar organizations right now to make a decision in my own workplace. We're currently minimum of two days in the office, three days flexible, John. Uh, but I think we'll end up here probably between three and four for quite some time. It is very rare. It's hard to think of an example in history where workers have won more benefits to make their life easier, spend less time at the office, and more time for their own priorities. Five-day work week really was not that long ago. The 40-hour work week, holiday pay, workplace health and benefits, really all creations of the last century. So I, I think once we have this power in our hands to have more choice where we spend our time, awfully hard to give it up. The compromise, I think. Three and a half days in, one and a half out. Okay, I always remember going to see a house across the street from ours, and the seller was saying, I'm only going to sell you half of it. I'm going to maintain ownership of the other half, and then we're going to work it out. And I thought, you've got to be out of your mind. And then this morning, I'm looking at this new company that effectively will pay up to 75% of a down payment on your home, so that would make it easier for a lot of people to actually buy a home. But down the road, when you sell it, they take a share. They not only take their money back, but they take a share of the appreciation. Um, you must have seen this model before. What do you make of it? Yeah, we, we've met with a number of companies uh, in in this space, and you know we we favor more choice uh, in the system. Provide us properly, you know, regulated, and consumers clearly see what they're signing onto. The reason for that, John, is. It, 
in real estate, it's really the, the down payment that is the more difficult option to get to than the mortgage. Find that 20% down because it has to be liquid. That has to be something you can immediately pay out. And, and it's so hard to get when prices have gone up so much the five last five years are down now, but compared to five years ago, still very expensive. And if we want to help create that next generation of Canadian homeowners, help them pursue that dream of having a place of their own, you need to look at a variety of options. And this is sort of a 2020s version uh, of the old rent-to-own to uh, programs that we would have had through the, the 70s and 80s. Now, you, you need to be careful to make sure you're signing on that if you're going to make renovations to that property, which will increase its value, that you as a homeowner benefit from that. You've got to get the right split. Do you want an additional 5% so you can get that 20% to the down payment or you mortgage or so you're putting up to the hilt of 60 to 70%? And make sure you get advice from from a lawyer, and particularly from a real estate professional. You want your realtor to be there holding your hand when you're making the biggest decision of your life. But these notions of co-ownership, fractional ownership, it is a new option for consumers that can actually unlock the door of owning a home. Interesting stuff, because I certainly remember how, not controversial necessarily, but uh, people were really confused by the notions of condos when they were first introduced, and now it's perfectly natural. A little flock of seagulls for you right there. I'll take it. All right. You and I were both there for the second wave. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Tim Hudak, former leader of Ontario's Conservatives, now at the Ontario Real Estate Association.